step actually is like a German word for loss. So there's this whole grief and loss process with Step and Blended families. In the Blend is a podcast series that helps parents navigate life within a blended family. Join me as I speak with experts and guests to get practical advice on how to have a harmonious blended family life. This series dives deep into the unique dynamics, logistics and challenges of raising a blended family. From new partners to juggling mixed finances, we will help guide you through it. Hello and welcome to In The Blend. In today's episode, we're tackling all things new partners in blended family relationships and how to cope when a new partner comes along, either in your life or that of your co-parents. I know when I met Matt and he had two young children, it was a good few months into our relationship before I was introduced to them. We have another family friend who didn't meet her partner's children for over a year. There can also be new dynamics at play when your ex forms a relationship, and in particular, if their new partner has children of their own. My guest today is here to provide some colour when it comes to all of these topics and is very well placed to do so being the General Manager of Step Families Australia. Phoebe Wallish is also the Director of Drummond Street Services and is passionate about well-being, equality, social justice and a fair and equitable society for all. Welcome, Phoebe, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. I know the when is the right time to introduce the kids in particular is such a compelling topic, and I would love to start there today. Can you provide any guidance around when it might be the right time to bring the kids into the equation if you're in a new relationship? Oh, hi, Laura. Thanks for having me on um, on in the blend. It's great. Um, yeah, it is a it's a tricky it's a tricky one because it really depends on I think the age and the stage um, that your kids are at. So um, with young kids, I guess it's not um, it's not as bad. You can you can introduce um, a new parent quite early in the piece, if you like, or a new partner, sorry, quite early in the piece, I would go to a park or something like that that's a bit fun, um, bounce, something that you can do something with the child um, and just sort of start off as this is mum or dad's friend. Um, It's when the child gets a bit older that it gets a little bit more tricky because, um, yeah, there's, there's factors like guilt of the other parent and um, a little bit of resentment maybe. Yeah, so I think you really need to be careful and there there are some things that you can do to, to help that, um, but it really does depend on the age and the developmental stage of your child and, um, yeah, keep that into consideration. <laughs> Got it. So it's one of those things where there's no right or wrong and everyone's going to have a slightly different situation. I know in in my personal situation, my partner's children were two and four when we met and it was a good few months until I I met the kids and I've got friends who haven't met their new partner's children for much longer than that and some who've met them straight away. So I think, as you say, it depends on the age and the individual circumstance. In terms of that first meeting, I know you mentioned a couple of places that might be good Uh, you know, good suggestions. Are there any, is there anything that you should do to prepare your kids in advance? 
and, and again, I think this probably depends on the age of the children, but can you offer any guidance there? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think if you've got a relationship at all with the other parent, it's a good idea to talk to them about it first. So ring up, have a conversation, say, look, I've met somebody new. Um, we've been together for this many months and I'd really like to introduce them to the kids um, and do that well in advance in case they want to have some time to sit with that and talk and think about it and then bring up some questions that they might have around that. I think open, open communication with your kids is also the best. So talk about uh, relationships, talk about um, how how having a relationship would make you happy. Um, it's a really great way also to talk about safe, healthy relationships, what they look like, conversation starters for your kids. Um, and you, you're going to need to do that all the way through. So I think that's something that you need to revisit. So for example, if you meet someone and you know, six months in, you go, actually, this person's really great. I'm really getting along with them. I can see a future with this person. I think that's then a really great window to talk to your kids about what relationships are, what they look like, how how you want to go on and have another relationship um, and what that might look like. Really open communication so that when you do come to that meeting, it's not a surprise. It's not a shock. Um, they're not going to say, oh, no, I don't, you know, this is, this is outrageous. I never wanted you to have another partner ever again, you know, <laughs> because there will be a loss. There'll be a loss for the kids in that. We can be yes. happy and in love but um, when we meet a new partner, but for the kids it's a completely different, a different scenario. Definitely. And then there's extra complexities if your new partner has kids of their own. So what sort of additional challenges can that present on either side when a new partner has has children? Um, are there, you know, is there anything anything further that they should be mindful of in terms of that in terms of that initial introduction? Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes we go, oh, kids, they'll just get along. We'll throw them. We'll, we'll just go and have a barbecue in the park and expect them to get along. And of course, that's not the case. I mean, it's a it's great when it happens, and it does happen absolutely. But uh, more often than not, it doesn't happen. Um, we have these expectations that aren't really realistic <laughs> when we throw yeah. multiple personalities in <laughs> with each other. So I, I, I think um, I think it needs to be slow, and I think you need to be really patient with that. Mm. And I think in almost it's better to have one-on-one small snippets of time than big mass amounts of time altogether sort of needs to be a separate process when yeah. there's ki- when there's double lots of kids double involved. lots of kids yeah 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 especially if they're different ages and stages as well yeah uh, or even the same ages you know it can oh. there can be challenges either way Oh, absolutely. And teenagers like, are by far the worst. Like I laugh when I say that because teenagers are amazing in terms of what they bring and how passionate they can be. But at the same time, they have they have belief systems, et cetera, and they take a little bit longer to work with and a lot longer to warm around to mm. um, possibly a new partner. So you do need to have that patience and you need to build up that um, those experiences and the connections that you have with them 
Um, mm. Don't expect them just to like you, for example, straight away, because that's probably not going to happen. Just yeah. aim for a really like flat level respect and uh, and then yeah. go from there. Anything above respect is probably a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. So thinking about the initial meeting and all of the various scenarios there, if it gets to the stage after that where things are going well and it might come to the time to move in together, should this be a process that you involve the children in as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you are thinking of moving in together, you need to start that early. Again, you need to bring up the fact that somebody might you know, be moving into the house. Kids, if if we don't answer their questions and we don't talk about things, they'll make up things in their own mind. So, and they have worries that probably you wouldn't have even thought about. And it, sometimes it's the minutia, like where are my socks going to go if that person's in my room and you're going to give them that draw, you know, or am I going to be kicked out of my room or, and they'll, sometimes think the worst as well. So really bringing them in from the very start in those com- in those conversations. Don't treat it like a company merger, like really <laughs> sit down and talk all about it, how it's going to look and at, to every little piece because I think um, anything you can alleviate their concerns or answer their questions is going to be a way more positive experience when the move does happen. Mm. Yeah. And I imagine when the move does happen, it would be more important than ever to be for the for the biological parent to be having dedicated time with their their children as well to make sure they're they're still getting that individual time that way they were perhaps previously getting before the new partner moved in as well. Yeah. But, well that's true. I mean, I don't step actually is like a German word for loss. So there's this whole grief and loss process with um, step and blended families and kids will feel guilty if they, if they have a friendship with the new partner, they'll feel guilty for their other parent. So there's this alleviating those concerns as well is really important. It's like, I'm still going to have time for you. I'm still going to love you you know, this changes nothing. We're still going to have this. The other thing I think is a really good tip of what not to do is that when somebody does come in and move into your house is not to throw all the traditions and rituals that you've done together as a family out the window and start afresh. Mm. Don't, I, I really recommend not to do that. I think you need to keep those traditions. It's really important for the kids. But if new kids and a new partner are coming into the house, how do we maybe create some new ones? So Mm. keep the old ones, but also let's create a few new ones to make them feel included um, and to start that process of building history and memories in that way with them as well. I think. I love that. um, Yeah. So an example of that could be a dinner time ritual where everyone goes around the table and says, something great that happened to them today or would that be an example? Absolutely, yep. Or if you have pizza and a movie every birthday that you have, for example, um, don't just throw that out and go, right, well, now for the birthdays we're going to do this because they might do something different. Join them together, blend them and and do both if you have to or cherry pick the really good ones and sit down and talk about it with your kids. Which of these do we want to keep or that wasn't working so well anyway? 
let's not go around the table and talk about our highlights. Let's instead tell us one thing we learnt today or something and, and change it in that way. Yeah. I love that. Something else that I think about when it comes to this subject is the idea of balance and keeping the balance intact with all of your relationships when a new partner comes along. So if if you personally meet someone new, uh, especially in those early stages, it's it can be all-consuming. But at the same time, there's a few other stakeholders you've got to keep. You've got to keep those relationships going with your ex-partner yes. uh, for the sake yes. of the children and then, of course, the children. So have you got any suggestions, Phoebe, for how you could go about keeping the balance intact with all of those different relationships that you need to keep going when a new partner comes into the scene and is taking up a lot of your focus and attention? Yeah, I think rely heavily on some sort of schedule or routine. Um, If you're lucky enough and the kids are a bit older and you have a 50-50 arrangement, I think sometimes that can be easier because there's a week there that... Um, that you can say to your new partner, this is, you know, this is our week and and, and also I, I would highly recommend taking time out for yourself as well in in that process. Um, self-care is huge in, in those first, I would even say, couple of years, like for yourself, making sure that you're nurturing yourself because it can be quite demanding with the children, but also making sure you keep those one-on-one times. Like if you've always read... Um, your son a book before you go to bed continue to do that if new if new kids are coming into the picture picking something that's relevant to their age and stage and something that they really like and sitting down and doing that with them if it's puzzles you know just 10 minutes every couple of days is is going to really help your relationship these relationships take the research says at least five years to form because you need to have experiences to build up a relationship. So um, putting that time in is really important, but having that time out is equally important for your own mental health. Mm. And you really do need that because it can be quite tricky, especially with adolescents. I would probably say don't even move in together if you've got adolescents. <laughs> Put as far apart as you can. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> oh gosh, in I some don't... in some instances, I would suggest that because it's um yeah it sometimes tricky. it's just not worth. It. Definitely, definitely, <laughs> and I think as well, um, coming back to what you were just saying, it's it can be really challenging to stay present in the moment as well when you're in a busy blended family household and you've got a partner that wants a piece of you or an ex an ex parent partner texting you and needing something and then a child and stepchildren needing your attention so that's something that I personally have been trying to work on over the last over the last couple of years is really really honing my my skills at being present in the moment when I'm spending that time with the child or when I'm having that self-care time I'm really I'm really there and I'm I'm in in the moment at the time yeah I think we all struggle that with that I think and I think COVID's you know made us more be more present online than anything Mm -hmm. anywhere and I think having rules around you know maybe a phone in the basket for two for two hours every day or maybe I do this because I need to be present in that moment. Like bath time is is my time and 
It's when I'm sitting there and we talk about the day or dinner time or, yes, definitely have a time that you can all connect and be present because I, mm. I, I think that's an issue absolutely anywhere. It's not just step and blended mm. families. I think mm. being present and being um, being with, with your kids is really important. And yeah. I think, you know, in that also sense, partners do have to wait. Like an ex-partner yeah. might have to wait until until you finish that time with the kids. Your current new partner might have to wait until the week off or et cetera. And it's, yeah, getting that balance right, is, is it is tricky. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Something that I was just thinking about, coming back to an earlier point you made around giving your partner or your ex-partner a phone call before you tell the kids just to let them know first, which I think is good advice because likely the kids will tell them anyway. Yes. Is there an opportunity when you would suggest the your ex-partner meet your new partner? Uh, yeah, it depends the type of relationship that you that you have. If if you've called up your ex-partner and said, look, I I I'm in a new relationship and they want to meet them mm. and you have that sort of relationship, I would definitely do that before meeting the children. Okay. Um, if that's, if, if you have a, I know a, a, a brilliant um, blended family that have them over for barbecues every fortnight, like they, yeah. and, and they talk and they share things and they go to schools together and, you know, and, I mean, wouldn't that be perfect if it worked like that all the time? But it doesn't. Most of the time a relationship breaks down, there is contempt there and there mm. is anger and there is bitterness. And um, But just to have a civil conversation or, relation, or that type of relationship is best. It's best for the kids. Like the research shows that it's not, um, it's not, it's not how we deal with the kids. It's that leftover c- contempt we have for our ex-partner that that actually has an impact on the children. So if you can deal with that part and just keep it civil, yeah. um, let them know what you're doing. Let them, yeah. Give them a heads up on holidays. Give them <laughs> give them a heads up that this new partner is in my life, and you know, or I did have a partner, and we're actually not going to work anymore. I'm going to go back to being single. Like either way. Yeah. Um, just give them that heads up because, yes, you're right, the kids will tell them. Yeah. (laughs) And it's better that they find out. I think it's better that they find out from you. Firsthand, for sure. Something else I'm curious to ask you, Phoebe, is when your ex-partner meets someone new, some ways that you can go about dealing with your emotions. You might be jealous if they've met someone and you haven't and they're moving on and they're happy again. They might be having a baby in a new relationship. What are some strategies for dealing with some of those emotions that might come up as well in that situation? Yeah, I, I think that can be. Who knows how you're going to react to when, when someone says, oh, they're having a baby. It's like, I thought I was doing okay, but now I'm not doing okay. Um, I, I definitely, I'm a huge advocate for counselling um, when things and transitions happen um, in your life and it's not like you you need you know ongoing psychotherapy just one or two sessions sometimes really helps talking it out to an impartial person and hearing yourself say it and can be really beneficial um but likewise chatting with a friend arming yourself with um your supports around you is also really important we've got heaps of tips tip sheets and tools on our website um there's 
There's people who have written books about it, really funny books as well. Um, try and, yeah, try and be positive in how you're dealing with it. Mm. So don't just sit there and sort of dwell in those emotions and ruminate. Get out there and um, and really work with it. Work with a counsellor, work with a friend, mm. have cups of tea, do whatever you need to do with your self-care strategies to get through it. But, yeah, talking about it really helps. Very good advice. Yeah. So what role does Step Families Australia play? Yeah, you touched yeah, so on the tip sheets and I've looked at some of those <laughs> myself, which I found immensely helpful. But tell me more about the role that, that you play at Step Families I Australia. Look, I wish we played a bigger role. I really do. It's unfunded at the moment and part of my job um, is to try and source some funding. So at the moment we have an online presence and we have plenty of tip sheets, as, as you've just mentioned, on the website. We also try and connect with counsellors who um, – uh, have expertise in step and blended families from around Australia. Uh, we try and go into organisations like Relationships Australia, uh, LifeWorks, etc., and give them a little bit more information around how step families are different to your traditional nuclear families. Um, and because you know step families are on the rise, single parenting households are on the rise. Like it's. Um, it's not going to go away. It's only going to get bigger. We know that um, in America, step and blended families are now over fifty percent of, wow. of all families. Um, we we roughly we follow America in trends like that. So it's not far away. Where you know, if, if you see that you know fifty percent of marriages break down and people do go on and repartner, and it's mm. not just when you have young kids. It could be later on. It could mm. be you could become a step. Or blended family in your thirties and have to navigate a Christmas with people you don't know. So there's a whole range of things on our website. Um, we do have we have private Facebook uh, chats um, and support groups, and we do do a couch chats, which is an online two session program that help um, that help parents and sit with other parents as well and hear the same issues and but also give you a little bit of more tips and tools around how to deal with certain issues so yeah so you can find all of that on our website which is really yeah fantastic are they virtual sessions the couch sessions or they're yeah virtual from anywhere which is um which is fantastic yeah so helpful i know you've also got a link to lots of different counselors and specialists who can help uh, yeah, as well absolutely. absolutely and I think also the, the other the other piece of the puzzle that 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 we try and do is advocate advocate mm. for step families um people don't use that term very often anymore um because it oh our fairy tales haven't done us justice but um just advocate at any type of level we can like get get on radio talk about them make it mainstream because we need to do that yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Phoebe, we're almost at time here. Are there any other final tips that you might have for blended families when it comes to new partners? Yeah, so keep keep your again, aim for aim for respect all round and, and keep your um, expectations real. Yeah. So I I think having a having a new relationship is really exciting and wonderful. Um for you but not for your kids and really remembering that and having open communication 
chatting with your kids about all the necessary bits that they need to know about whatever age and stage and there'll be wild and wonderful questions and it'll be great but really talk to them and know that you know it can take up to five years for your kids to accept someone new so yeah but don't let it stop you because happiness and relationships are awesome that's it life's got to go on that's so true (laughs) fantastic phoebe thank you so much i have really enjoyed our chat today oh so have i thanks laura (laughs) and just lastly where can listeners go to connect with you or find out more about the work that step families australia are doing yeah, so you can go to uh, stepfamily.org.au um, or you can reach out and DM me via the Step Family Australia Facebook page. Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks, Phoebe. Bye Thanks, now. Laura. Thanks for listening to the In The Blend podcast. The show notes for this episode are available at intheblend.com.au. And if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and please rate and review in your podcasting app. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn.